Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Jennifer Burak, VP of Marketing at Socialive. Jennifer, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So tell us all about Socialive. I would love to. Thank you so much. Socialive is a, an all in one end to end enterprise video content creation platform. And we serve both B2B and B2C customers. And it basically enables the user to produce, broadcast and distribute both live and on demand video. We say at scale across the enterprise, which is important, but I'll unpack that in a minute. But essentially, it delivers a studio production quality without having to go into the physical studio route. So taking a step back a minute, people now expect to connect and interact online in fresh and dynamic ways. Obviously, that has to do with the pandemic, but also just in general, how our behaviors have continued to change online over time. And our tech delivers video content that goes beyond just engaging with a passive viewing audience. I'm just going to say a couple more things and then, sure. and then you can ask me some more questions. But by using Socialive, you're not going to produce a typical one-minute, three-minute, or 20-minute highly scripted, post-produced, edited corporate video that people are going to sit and watch passively, even if it's pre-recorded or on demand. You're going to create, it enables, Socialive enables our users to create video content that experiences that are dynamic, mm -hmm. authentic, and even interactive. And we like to think of it as creating infotainment type of content experiences that get your audience to lean in and participate, or at least get the enjoyment and value from watching others interact. Then the community really comes together and entertains each other, which is what you want, which is what happens when you get together in person. So, you know, to sum it up, you know, we're trying to get to enable people to be able to create video content experiences that have the benefits of being in person, even if it's pre-recorded, which it can be. It can be a recording of a simulated live experience that has the same dynamic. And so we have a lot of features in the platform that allow you to do all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's really cool. Uh, and it seems like something built very much for our moment right now. And I say that because I think one effect of the past year and a half or so during the pandemic is, of course, everybody was communicating almost exclusively online. And I think that changed people's expectations for what a video should look like or a podcast should look like or a lot of content that there's something that's too produced nowadays is almost like, hmm, that's overproduced. Like that seems too slick. Something that's way underproduced still, and that goes before the pandemic hard to watch, hard to listen to. There's kind of that sweet spot in the middle, something that seems authentic, even a little bit raw, but still with enough production value. So you're like, yeah, there's some thought here. There's there's some, you know, order absolutely. to what I'm what I'm consuming. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think production quality is important and we've conflated that with what is on screen. And ultimately I think what is really dynamic and what pulls people in is it's the it's almost the unknown that you know you're going into something that's uncertain that it isn't scripted that it's yeah. that it's live or simulated live and i think even more importantly is you know if you can get the 
audience you're trying to engage with or your community to actually control what the content is and allowing them to educate and interact themselves, not just with the speakers. I think that makes for the most dynamic experiences. And that is not what we think of video as traditionally. Mm. Video is really a one-way broadcast experience. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk about marketing. Let's talk about audience engagement. Who is your audience? Who are you trying to engage? Yeah, so, you know, our ideal customer profile is today the corporate enterprise, but we work with different media companies as well as uh, higher education institutions. Mm -hmm. But using the enterprise as, you know, the main focus, our, Mm -hmm. our personas fall into three buckets, three groupings. And the first is anyone that's involved in creating the employee experience and entire life cycle. So that's from recruitment all the way to retention. So think about it. If you're trying to engage your tribe from a perspective of hiring, you know, future top talent or retaining that top talent and getting them really connected mm-hmm. to the company or providing them with insights and training, whatever it may be, you're going to be working with heads of recruitment, heads of HR, internal communications, learning and development. The next group is the same, but for the customer experience, all the way from awareness to acquisitions, retention. So we'll work with brand marketers, social community marketers, customer acquisition, expansion, product marketing and education, and even sales and customer success. And then the third bucket is that, yes, we can license Socialive through a business unit, but many of these enterprises have invested enormous dollars into traditional video infrastructure and webcasting. When the pandemic hit, they could no longer take advantage of that. And Mm. they very quickly had to move to new technology that allowed for remote productions allowed them to produce in the cloud quickly and easily and at a fraction of the cost. And it really was a transformational moment for Socialize. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, Socialize yeah. already existed, but it went on steroids during the pandemic and it's never stopped. It's remained sticky. So again, we go through the doorway of either people trying to build community and their tribe with their employees or through the doorway of people trying to build their tribe with their customers or potential customers. And then it's with the group that's trying to really enable that large organization with the tools and tech that allow them to be nimble and agile and innovative. So those are the three doors. Yep. Okay. So three buckets, and I'm sure there's some overlap among those three buckets in terms of their needs, the, the why, why they're attracted to what you guys do, but also probably some significant differences. So talk about that a little bit in terms of your engagement strategy. What have you learned over the last couple of years in, in terms of like, let's say what it takes to your strategies for connecting and engaging with somebody in HR as opposed to, and as opposed to somebody in one of the other buckets? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Well, first of all, I've been with uh, Social Live for four and a half months, but I've been in the video tech area for a very long time. And what I found is that the if we market to 
marketers, whatever type they are, Mm -hmm. we actually get the HR audience on top of that because Mm -hmm. HR is looking at all the same tools and techniques that marketers are using to try and engage their audiences. And they're trying to apply them with trying to engage with either potential new hires or with their employees, especially now that everybody's working, you know, almost exclusively globally and remote. And so from that perspective, you know, that that's a benefit and and a similarity. However, you know, someone from HR is going to ask us questions like, you know, how can I leverage live and on-demand video experiences to onboard new employees and make them productive faster? Where a customer persona is going to say, how do I launch a new product and really engage a global audience in an interactive, ask me anything kind of experience? Or again, flipping back to the HR side, you know, how can I produce town halls or create a CEO executive briefing that's really going to galvanize the teams that are distributed around the world to really connect culturally and with the leadership at the company. And so there there are very similar, but through different filters of questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you guys have, you've invested a lot of time and energy on content marketing. It's apparent from your website. You have a lot of uh, high quality content there. Talk a little bit about that and your content strategy as it relates to engaging these different types of prospects. Yeah. Well, it's it's really about drinking your own champagne. And some of that, you know, we're in the middle of complete overhaul of our website, which will launch at the end of September, which we're really excited about. But with the current website, we're definitely doing our case studies, drinking our own champagne. So you're going to not just get the transcript or the written content of the challenge, the opportunity, solution, but you're actually going to get, in our case, very often our CEO talking to another senior leader at a more strategic level than just the tactical use case of the tool as to write on screen with one another interacting about uh, that case study. That's just one example. But in preparation for our new website launch, we're going much, much deeper. So for example, we absolutely rely, as all startups do, on really incredible talent and building a really incredible culture. And that's a challenge for a smaller company. It's mm-hmm. a it's a challenge for any company, whatever size, to keep that alive when you're not working in person. And we are a fully remote startup as of the pandemic and have continued to be. So in our About Us and our careers pages, for example, we are creating right now as we speak leadership videos rather than for that About Us page and leadership page, rather than just having a picture and a bio, you know, asking some pretty provocative questions of our leadership, really quick and short snippets, but something that gives a line of sight into who we are as people, who we are as, as human beings, who we are as leaders, to give a signpost of the culture. The other thing that we're doing are videos that we call uh, Life at Social Life. And it's either individuals throughout the company or pods of individuals that might live in the same city coming together and talking about, again, authentically what it means to, to, to work at Social Life, giving a window into the culture. That's mm-hmm. just one, one example, but 
if done right, we really coach our people to be really not scripted, you know, who they are. And I think that's compelling to watch. I think it's compelling to new candidates. I think it gives them a window into a company mm-hmm. that not all companies provide. Okay. Um, I can give you more. I can give you more examples. Well, I have. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about case studies, if you don't mind. What's your thought on case studies? I mean, obviously, you guys see value in them because you have a bunch on your website. I've always wondered, though, about case studies that. Maybe this is just me, but in the back of my mind, I'm always like, okay, I get it. It's definitely worth checking them out because I want to see how an existing client of this company, how they solved a problem using your solution, right? But on the other hand, I'm like, but, you know, of course, this is a carefully crafted piece of content that's only going to, you know, tell me or show me all the good things. And it's not, you know, in other words, it's not like an unvarnished look at the process. No solution is perfect. You know what I mean? So I'm always a tiny bit suspicious. I don't mean of your case studies in particular. I just mean of all case studies, kind of like, kind of like in the same way that I am when I, when I watch like a really slickly produced corporate video, you know, like, here's what it's like to work at our company. It's all, it's always awesome. You know, we're the best. Everyone has, I'm like, no company is actually like that, you know, it, it's, it's too, like, it's not unvarnished. You know what I mean? So there's always, for me, at least a little bit of a barrier there. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's so interesting that you say that. I mean, I have that same notion, right, about it. But what's interesting is our latest case study, which was with a global massive tech company and their head of innovation, used our tech to build community within the construction and engineering global community. Most enterprise companies don't believe that they can compete and move fast enough if they innovate within their own four walls. So they realize they've got to go outside and build a community to bring in ideas. And so this case study was actually this individual, this head of innovation, talking about how important it is to be authentic in building your community. And so even though, yeah, it was, you know, followed the format of like, what was the challenge and how did you use the tech to solve it? And, you know, and that it did, but it, it was so meta because within the topic of conversation was about not being scripted, about being real, yeah, you know, and connecting with your community. So it's like, you get past that, but I still get what you're saying. So one of the things that we're also in planning right now we'll be launching the next month is a tech tuesday ask me anything series mm. and that's where we bring in subject matter experts not just only from social life but also from the community that have used our tech and we're inviting you know referrals within existing companies people in our pipeline and just people who are interested and there is a topic introduction, but the audience completely drives the conversation, which is what I, the point I was getting to before. And I think when you've got the community interacting with each other and upvoting, you know, what's talked about, it just seems to be, it can go off in places that you might not have gone if you were like carefully scripting, you know, the talking points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think that's a good point because 
I think my concern is, especially when I'm reading a case study, then it's, you know, this is something that's been written and drafted and everything. But it's a, if it's a conversation with a client and it's pretty clear, like, this is a real conversation, you know, it hasn't been people are not reading off cue cards or whatever, then sort of anything can happen. You know, I mean, even if I assume, like, of course, this has been edited and produced, but still, this is a real exchange. These people are really talking. So there's mm-hmm. something, and I think that speaks just to the power of having conversations with people and capturing well, uh, that and sharing it. Absolutely. And, you know, what we're doing here today is an example of that. And not yeah. all companies have taken that leap of faith to go either into podcasting or video podcasting or using live video or simulated live video and kind of put themselves out there to be more vulnerable. And you don't see that certainly extensively at the enterprise, but we recently talked to an influencer in the whole video tech space and enterprise video tech space. 95% of the tech that is out there with video is all about managing, hosting, and distributing video mm. that is produced the traditional way. You yeah. get a studio, you script it, you shoot it, you post-produce it, and then then you're storing, distributing it, whatever. And very few tech is really in the content creation space for the enterprise. I mean, I think that that's where I think Socialize comes in and is a really unique solution. But a lot of these companies have not made that leap of faith. And We call it the creator economy for the enterprise. The creator economy was something that came on the scene for the gig economy, the influencer, the single Mm -hmm. individual that could use the tech and tools and social networks to build a platform and a brand for themselves and monetize it. Well, now there's more tools coming out where individuals within the enterprise can do this themselves. Mm-hmm. And they can build more of a human, human face, humanizing. It is it, getting away from being transactional to being more humanizing and not having to funnel all that through marketing. There's mm-hmm. no way that marketing could do that for an enterprise. So what are the tech and tools that would allow that authentic face of the company and building community? to enable the different parts of an organization to do that. Marketing can support it, but it's got to be a democratization mm-hmm. to allow that really to take off. And and that's what we stand for. You know, our mission is really to make it radically simple for the enterprise to create video in new ways that allow them to connect with their audiences in, yeah, a non transactional way. Yeah. And I think like, like we were talking about up top, it's sort of that sweet spot between it's not overproduced. It's not underproduced. Your, your tool allows enough of a level of production. So it's like, yeah, there's thought put into this, but it's not the super slick video. That's like, you know, come on, this is the furthest thing from authentic. It sounds to me like that's what you're enabling people to do. Capture something kind of real and authentic in a way that's also professional and something that people would actually want to consume. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's another aspect to it, just like what we were talking about before, is that, you know, what we're doing here right now is not just captured, but isolated 
video feeds in HD mm -hmm. quality of every one of your speakers. And you could have people, you could capture them remotely from around the world yeah. in HD quality. And then instantly you can do a lot in social media in promoting and reaching people to pull them in to want to see that, you know, interaction or that experience, right? Mm -hmm. And that process outside the old way is laborious, you know, and it takes time and it's expensive. Yeah. So it really is around about disruption of and transforming how something was done traditionally and how it can be done today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's so much more to say, but we got to wrap it up. So what's a, a takeaway for our listeners based on our conversation, based on something you've learned throughout your career in marketing that could help our listeners engage their audiences? Well, I mean, there, there were two things that I kind of thought about going into this. And one of them we've talked about quite a bit. But the first one is, no matter what, you have to understand who your audience is, where they're mm -hmm. coming from, what they care about, and, you know, what's challenging them to really even pick the topic that is going to resonate, that's going to be meaningful for them to connect with the community on that, you know, and that's, that's marketing one-on-one. Yeah. The second is just, and I'm learning it myself. I'm learning it right here. Talking to you is, you know, how to not be afraid to be vulnerable, to move away from being transactional, give more power over to your audience and see what happens. Those are the two, the two big ones. Love it. Great. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Great insights. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.